Five. Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Till Five. My name is Steph and I am joined as always by my lovely co-host Nikki. Hello Nikki. Hello. How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. We are a month late. Mm. We missed a month. We just forgot. We just plain missed one. Stuff's happening. I wasn't going to mention it, actually, uh, that we just missed it. But then my, my stupid brain does what it always does, which is like, don't say the thing, don't say the thing, just don't say the thing. And then what does my brain do? Says the thing. Yeah. Just immediately calls your own your own podcast out for, yeah. Sorry, I'm currently watching my dog in the garden and she is just, it's hard because I'm obviously, I'm, on, I'm upstairs and she's out there. And I can see it, like she's my child, and she's currently scaling uh, a thing of rubble, um, like a goat. Um, she loves being, that pile um, of rubble. Yeah, that makes it sound like your garden's full of rubble stuff. It's not, obviously, the garden's just being redone. But yeah, she's literally, she's climbing it like a goat, and I'm just sat here thinking, oh God, please don't hurt yourself, you little twat. I mean, she climbs that most days, so yeah. I think you'll be she, fine. Uh, it's either that, or you can just pause, run downstairs and go bring her in. She just, she just climb on it more. She doesn't know I'm watching her. That's actually the funniest part of it, to be fair. It's fine. I, I can see her. If, if something happens, then you just hear a bang, and that's me running to save my dog from her own death. Hey-ho. Okay. Anyway, sorry, distracted. Junie is ruining the podcast uh, in more ways than one. <laughs> but yeah, we're here. Sorry we're late. It's just how it goes now. Yeah. We do this when we feel like it. It's just something everyone's going to have to get used to. You're just you're lucky if you get an episode off of us. Count yourself lucky you're even hearing this right now. I like this started off as apologies for missing one episode. And now it's like, look, be fucking happy with what we give you. <laughs> be grateful for what you get, all right? We're both Don't dog mums now. We've got busy lives, okay? We have children in the form of dogs. And they climb rubble and give us anxiety. Yeah, freak out over weird things. Socially awkward dogs that mm. don't know how to dog. Yeah, that's our life. Uh, this is a good life update there for you. But yes, hello, we're here. Um, and today we're talking music again, sort of. We, we've, we've done a few sort of music related episodes before. We did songs, right? And then yep. we did soundtracks. Yes. Yeah, we've done those two collectively. So we figured now would be a good time to talk about the people who write that beautiful music that we like talking about. Yeah, and I guess this is kind of like a nice little, like, it, it transitions well because you go from, like, songs to then the whole soundtrack of, like, a particular game to now we're talking about, yeah, like, the people who have sort of made the entire kind of thing composing. Oh, yeah. So it's it's an, it, it becomes, yeah, it's it makes sense. We totally, I was going to say, I was about to say we totally meant to do that, but you just swooped on in with... Yeah, yeah. we didn't. <laughs> we suck. We don't yeah. think that far in advance. No, anything. no, we don't. Mm. We don't. No. I'm surprised we're even here right now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so today is all about our top five composers of video game music. Yeah. Yeah, this was actually a, a tough one, I actually have to say. I was still panicking up till five minutes ago of what the fuck I'm doing. But hopefully we have a good episode for you guys today. I yeah. will also probably pop in some music underneath us talking about particular composers. Uh, I think it's fine in terms of any kind of copyright because we're discussing and analysing the music and apparently that makes it fair game, so Ooh, I've heard. That's good to know. 
It might not be. I might just be making that up. But, you know, <laughs> we'll see. I don't, no one's going to chase us down. Fingers nah. crossed. We're not popular enough for that. No. We don't make any um, money off this podcast. So if anyone wants to sue us for using the thing for money. Oh, yes. Good luck. We have none. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have this pen. It doesn't work. It's in front of me. That's all I've got. <laughs> I've got nothing left. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to be doing some composers. We're going to be talking all about them. We don't really have any other news, do we? So no, no, no. I guess we're, we can... We're pretty boring. Jump <laughs> jump straight into it today. All right, let's go. Off we go. What are you buying? How about a game of Lucky Hit? A three-headed monkey! So we decided it was my turn to go first today. Yeah. I just want to also say, like, I have done something a little bit chaotic today, and I'm not really going to announce what that is until the further we get along in the top five. Intrigue. There you go. Suspense. Now you have to stay till the end. It's going to be exciting. I can hear your alcoholic beverage jiggling. I don't know what you mean. Oh, you have... So me and Steph went to make a beverage just before we recorded this. Like an alcoholic beverage, because it's hot. And you're... You know, you got... We both got ice in ours. You're shaking yours like an ice clinking around. Mine is already melted. I, I am know. hot. So this room is hot. I like... Yeah, but... My room is smaller than yours that I currently record in. I think it's because the sun is currently facing my room and burning my retinas. Mm, yeah. Uh, the, the sun is burning me alive, so the sun is facing my my window. Anyway, enough of that. And let's talk about music. Yes, we we'll love carry on while you melt. Music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sweating away. So, my number five is a man. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, is this how we're getting it? I'm getting a tiny piece of information at a time. He's a man. He's a man called Jack Wall. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 I know Jack Wall. While we're on the topic, just before you start talking about the lovely Jack Wall and his music, uh, we should probably discuss crossovers. If oh, you yes. If not listened to the podcast before, Nikki has a top five of a thing, and I have a top five of a thing. We do not talk about it beforehand, and so sometimes there are crossovers. And in which case, you hear this lovely noise. Oh! Yeah, and uh, that means that we've had the same thing. And so the other one gets to laugh in the other one's face. Could be possible today, but maybe also not. I'm not sure. I think it's likely near at the top. Okay. Top end. I'm going okay. to call that out. We'll see. We'll mm. see. So, Jack Wall. Uh, yep. He is an American video game music composer. And he's worked on a few things. Um, including the Mist franchise, Splinter Cell, Jade Empire, which is a game that I mentioned before by Bioware. It's a favourite of mine. Um, Mass Effect, of course. I think just yep. one and two. Mm-hmm. And Call of Duty, which... So, he composed the soundtrack to 2001's Mist. Um, that was his first orchestral score. Um, and that kind of put him on the map as a video game composer. And uh, I've got some, some general information about him, by the way, because this is a weird top five, as you can mm. imagine. Because we're not really talking about games, we're talking about people. And so I can't... research. Yeah, I had to sort of just look at these people and their life and decide what was interesting enough to talk about. Um <laughs> So it's kind of more dependent on them than me. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I, hope, I hope they're feeling proud of their lives right about now. Yeah, um, because I will be digging into your life. So 
the one cool thing actually about Wall is he became um, one of the 20 co-founders of the Game Audio Network Guild, Gang. He was a senior director and that was in 2002 and they basically worked to promote the appreciation of video game music as well as serve as professional resource for video game music composers and musicians, which is I thought was just quite nice. And it's developed and headed by Tommy Tallarico, which, fun fact, Tommy Tallarico along with Jack Wall, produced the video game live concert series, which oh. began on July 6, 2005. And I've been to one. Nice. That's very yeah. cool. I went in 2016, I think. But if you don't know what they are, they're basically these kind of like concert series, which presents orchestrated versions of music from like loads of different games. Can be anything, really. I remember there was Portal when I, when I went, like Donkey Kong and stuff like that. Um, basically, kind of like just a, a, a concert that you go for, like, to about you know, from a video game music, but it's just such a, a varied array of them. Mm. And there's like video and sound effects, and it's all like cool. It's very American, but uh, not as a bad thing. But um, it's cool. I had a fun time, and I thought it'd stop, but it still seems to be going. Oh, so, nice. yeah you go guys but uh, yeah i thought that was cool and yeah i mean th- he is my number five i did just enter this one right before we started right okay he's a last minute throw in no offense jack you do some great works i adore the soundtrack to jade empire it's very good actually i must say i did like he focused on using like chinese instruments and taiko drums for mm, the jade empire cool. soundtrack which i which i really appreciated as opposed you know it, it kind of made the whole game feel very real and yeah it, it felt genuine and i just i just appreciate it and i mean do i need to say why the mass effect one and two soundtrack why it's great like it's amazing yeah just listen to it that's it really i mean hopefully i'm playing it right now yeah hopefully you did the job fingers crossed future nikki's done the job but yeah like you know he got awards and stuff for for the mass effect and uh nice. yeah he's just a, a good talented man yeah. uh you go, Jack Wall. Jack Wall. Good on you. Yeah, I'm I'm happy that you put um this person in there because I did look at Jack Wall um just for their Mass Effect offerings. And yeah. um because I didn't know that many of the other things, I didn't put it on my list. But he's in my honourable mentions. Um because yeah, the Mass Effect soundtrack is a great time yeah i've got to say i don't know about you but one of the reasons why he was such a late addition and i struggle with my list so much is because finding that multiple people worked on soundtracks and composed soundtracks kind of like made me struggle a lot because i was finding that some people worked on certain songs and not others Mm -hmm. and like i was like jesus christ like i'm glad that you guys have all been a team and stuff but you're making my life really hard because i don't want to be like oh yeah this this person and then i've just left out like fucking sally whatever over there that also worked on it and she sat at home like why the fuck aren't they talking about me i did that i don't want to like cause drama you know i get that this was difficult to come up with i did like think have to think quite a while about who actually went on the list and i found a lot of the time i ended up making the rule for myself that i had to they had to have done like a couple of game soundtracks mm. that i liked not just like a singular yeah, yeah, yeah. item and because again Good that shout. whole thing of like because some is such a collaborative thing and sound design on games is another aspect of the music and how it works and so yeah same kind of feeling it was just difficult to find people that i was like okay they've done lots of things that work really well 
and although they probably you know worked with lots of other people and did lots of other things on soundtracks together like overall they did lots of things that i like but yeah yes. it was difficult 100 percent, yeah which yeah but just calling it now my honorable mentions list is a long one today no that's fine mine is too nice all right well that's mine mr nice. jack wall good good old jack wall okay so my number five is gonna be junichi masuda um, who is a Japanese video game composer. He's also a director, designer, producer, singer, programmer, and trombonist, was nice. his Wikipedia page. Trombonist? Yes. Well, trombonist. And best known as one of the co-founders of Game Freak and Pokemon music composers. Tomozoda did work on the Pokemon franchise since quite early on. So I think he worked as a sound designer on Red and Blue uh, and did some music for Pokemon Red and Blue, and then also everything after that. So gold, silver, ruby, sapphire, diamond, and pearl. It's pretty much all the Pokemon music we have. Mm-hmm. Not all of it, obviously. There are some tracks that he didn't do, but I would say most of the main main themes, like the the wild Pokemon battle music from Red and Blue, the one you always think of, um, and like the Pallet Town theme and stuff. Like some of the big um, big pieces in Pokemon music was done by Mr. Masuda. Um, other than being with Grain Freak for a really long time, um, I couldn't find out much about him other than um, he was his musical style. I tried to find some like musical style based things to talk about um, and found out that he was a particular fan of like classical music and named Igor... Stravansky, I'm not going to say any of these right, uh, and Dmitry Shostakovich, Shostakovich, oh, yeah, that one that I can't say. <laughs> um, but his favourite musical genre is techno. And so there was a weird blend of classical and techno, which I think you can kind of hear in a Pokemon soundtrack. Um, yeah. He particularly loved Super Mario as a series and the game music that he thought worked really well. But yeah, there's not really much that I had on Judy Shimasura other than I just really enjoyed. Like, I, I like Pokemon music, and so... He did all of them. This is kind of the the end, start and end of that sentence, I think. So I managed to find, it's not really a fact, but although he, I found out that although he is a very talented composer, um, a musician, he is also uh, an actual game director. So he directed Ruby and Sapphire, I found out. Nice. Man of um, and was in so, like, uh, in charge of approving and or rejecting. Uh, new Pokemon designs. So he'd be the person where they would come and give him a Pokemon design and he'd be like, yes or no. Which I thought is was he, a really cool job. Is he the man then that approved the, the Pokemon that's like a bin? Probably. Well, it depends when the bin man came out. True. You know, his gen- I can't remember the generation. I mean, very, very re- like the most recently Pokemon. I remember someone was just like, they're running out of ideas and they showed me a picture of a Pokemon that was basically a trash can. Yeah, I mean, there's also a key Pokemon yeah. and a, yeah. a chandelier. So, there's an ice cream as well. There is an ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just start naming inanimate objects and you'll get some Pokemon, I think. Probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he was. I don't know. I think he's with Game Freak anymore. I don't think he works with them. I think he's kind of left. But mm-hmm. um, all the early Pokemon games, he had a big part. Um, but yeah, the music is really good. I wish you can hear it now. And the wonderful... It's very 8-bitty kind of levels of music, but it's childhood, I think. Yeah. Coming from yes. the Game Boys. Yeah, good so shit. that's my number five, short and sweet. Nice. I think mine will probably, I'll probably have more to say as, as we go out through our top five in terms of like 
they're higher up in the list, so I like them more. No offense, yeah. Jack. No, none from Masuda either. But yeah, I agreed. I think, well, naturally, you enjoy it more. You have more to, to reasons as to why you like it. I just feel like we're offending everyone. Yeah, it's probably, it's not one of those days. We're just doing a very offensive podcast. <laughs> uh, right. My number four. My number four is another man. All these men. Mm. Anyway. I, yeah, it's going to be quite a male heavy for me, I think. My number four is a gentleman called Chris Remo. Or Remo, not oh. sure. He is also an American. Uh, he is a video game designer, composer, writer, podcaster, and former journalist. Nice. So you will know him primarily from video game Firewatch. Ah, okay. Yep. And he did the game Gone Home, the music for mm-hmm. Gone Home. I don't know if you've played Gone Home. I have, yeah. It's like the 90s kind of based one. Yeah, like, I mean, he very like walking simmy. Obviously, Firewatch yeah. is somewhat walking simmy and it's kind of that vibe with gone home it's very like a narrative based game where you kind of like walk around a house figure out things and you know find out what's what's kind of gone down um but i just really i really like his style of music and this yeah i think so for me it's like you were saying about how you needed to pick like someone who's done more than like just one particular game yeah i think gone home and Firewatch was the reasons why I've picked him. But he's also done some other games called 30 Flights of Lovin' and Space Space DF9. But yeah, so he has he has done other stuff. And he does a yeah. lot of stuff within games. But um, I think I, I really debated on him for a long time. I kept moving him from my honorable list, honorable mention this, into this list. And I just think I was like, do you know what? The Firewatch soundtrack to me is just so incredible that I just couldn't not have him in it. And the Gone Home as well is such it's such a nice soundtrack. And I kind of wanted to have a range of people that were like bigger, not bigger, but like more well known, you know, like yeah. and also like maybe the ones that work more within sort of like indie games. Um and yeah, I just I just appreciate what he does. But he also does loads of other stuff. As I said, he's a journalist. Um he co-founded the original Idle Thumbs website, um, as well as its flagship podcast and serves as like editor in chief for for some things but i appreciate the fact that he was a fellow podcaster yeah that's pretty cool and i've got to say there was another reason as to why i picked this man uh in my list and it was because i searched his name on youtube and found something that i just thought was amazing and he he has a youtube where he does crossword puzzles daily lovely and I clicked it and I was like, is this the same guy? And I was like, this is the same guy. Like, what do I love more than video game music? Crosswords. Genuinely. Mm. I fucking love a crossword. And he does them. And people just watch and just enjoy it. And That's I just... a lovely time. <laughs> I was like, do you know what, Chris? You are just great. Yeah. You make great music and you solve crosswords for everyone. And I just think, yeah. What a guy. All yeah. round guy. Also, uh, he he works. I forgot to mention this. Um, he works obviously with Campo Santo. Um, obviously, he made he made Firewatch and stuff. So I was like, oh, I wonder what Campo Santo are doing now because like they've yeah, been, acqu- been. I think they were they were acquired actually. I think by Valve. Apparently, everyone is a bit confused by what they are actually doing because they have a game in in the makes called the Valley of the Gods. Yes. Um, but it's not like 
coming out apparently till December 2029, says Steam. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Yeah, because they had... I swear it's been... It was years ago that they released a, a like a trailer for their, like a teaser trailer. And then they did a little bit more and it was like a woman running through a... Like a tomb. Like an Egyptian tomb. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of theming stuff. And then... Yeah, they've gone silent, and you've just reminded me that they exist and they were making that game. But I haven't heard. And of yeah, they they put on they put on Steam on the like you know the release mm. date is twenty twenty nine, and everyone's like, is this an error? Is this like a joke? Like, or is this yeah. you know meant to mean something? But yeah, the reason to summarize because I have no more information on Chris because he's there's not much to say other than he sells crosswords and he's a talented man. Is you know something like the Firewatch soundtrack and something like Gone Home. I think music like that is incredibly port- important for guiding a story, especially where it's you know it's very narrative driven. You're a lot of the time you're just like either reading or like in Firewatch or you know wandering through a very isolated forest kind of area. Mm-hmm. Um, you need that music to kind of like guide you and I think he does it so well especially in Firewatch like sometimes creating just really I think lovely moments um, of serenity but then also the really intense moments where you're a little bit like scared freaked out you don't know what's going on to create that kind of like uncertainty as well um, it, I think it, it makes the narrative the music almost a part of the narrative in itself which what is one big thing that I love about video game music is when they it's all encompassed within the story like the music is almost reacting as well to what's happening Mm. Um, and I think he nails that so yeah definitely definitely yeah I was I think I was trying to like I looked at this one but again it was one of those things where I was like I really like the Firewatch soundtrack but it was never one that I put on very often Uh, I don't know why it's just not in my like I think it's not in my video game playlist for some reason and so like every so often I remember it's there listen to it and then forget to add it and then I forget about it again it's funny you did that because I went through my like I listen to video game music to sleep Mm. and I went through my entire playlist I was like right I was like what do I mean do I listen to a lot and I was thinking like and that is kind of what led me towards a few of these it's just the ones that I know that like stand out in my mind that I do actually listen to yeah yeah Mm. definitely I think that's how I ended up finding a lot of these it's like who who's top of the list when I listen to stuff um but yeah that's cool it's a good one so what's your number four so my number four is another gentleman by the name of Darren Korb so Darren Korb is an American songwriter and composer best known for his work on the Supergiant games so Hades, Transistor, Bastion and Pyre ah nice yeah I really love the Hades soundtrack and I got and the Bastion soundtrack and although I've never played Transistor and Fire I've heard again they're all good and they're all done by the same gentleman. So Darren started with Supergiant back in 2011 for Bastion um, and he was in charge of all of the game's audio so include the music and the sound effects and all the voiceover recordings um, and so it was because Bastion has like a narrator um, that goes in there and it was his roommate Logan Cunningham at the time who he got to do all of the narration and he's now a voice actor um, Logan Cunningham because he started with Bastion um, nice. but it all kind of happened that Darren Corb was kind of charged with making this but because it was an indie game at the time he could they weren't like renting studios or buying loads of stuff so all the music that made had to be stuff that he could just make in his own apartment and so he couldn't really do drums or anything in the apartment, but he had like an acoustic guitar and made like drumming samples and stuff like that. Um, but people really loved the kind of blend that he managed to make out of like the acoustic stuff with the feel of, of Bastion. 
um, and the music on that, which was really cool. And one of the things he says is that he does really try and tie like the art and main aspects of the game um, with the music that he's making, which I think is probably not an uncommon thing for video game composers to do, um, but I do think that he does it really well. And so things like Transistor was a mix of like old world instruments with really modern-y kind of new wave like beats and tones, because again, it's that like, it's a very sci-fi-ish looking game, but it's a little bit old worldy kind of thing. Um, and the same with Hades, like I love Hades. Um, and the music in it is this very Mediterranean inspired thing. Um, and apparently he used like traditional instruments such as like a Greek instrument called a a bouzouki. I'm probably not That's saying cool. that very well. Um, and a Turkish instrument. Uh, name is like a lavatar and a baglama. I don't know a what baglama. Any of these, a baglama. It is spelt basically llama bag llama. Um, maybe you just squeeze it and it makes a llama noise. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't actually know what any of those things look like. I think a Greek bouzouki is a bit like a guitar, like setar, sitar kind of. Ooh. esque thing yeah um, i like it. i like it where they when they when they use instruments from like if, especially because obviously it's kind of themed that it's like with jade empire i appreciate using like traditional instruments for stuff like that yeah and it feels really nice but it doesn't feel i don't think any of his music especially like the hades soundtrack doesn't feel like you could go really heavy greek but almost like very stereotypical like, yeah yeah you know but i feel like the the hades soundtrack in particular feels very like still feels quite modern and different it's more subtle i suppose yeah you kind of get the influences but it's not super in your face or mm-hmm. like a little bit cringy kind of stereotype. Uh, it's not offensive yes exactly <laughs> yeah it's not an offensive form and so darren corb does really well at that and i think um because of that he does receive quite a few nominations for like game awards and i think he got nominated yeah. for the bastards the bastards the bastards the bastards the bastards <laughs> It was a weird Freudian slip. Um, he got <laughs> the BAFTAs, um, I think, for Hades. I think he's now working on the Hades 2 game um, with Supergiant. I think Supergiant have just claimed him as their main kind of composer. But I don't have anything else other than the fact that I found out was that I didn't realise he is also the voice actor for Zagoras, who's the main protagonist in Hades. So they like upgraded him now, and he's now also a, a working voice actor. For oh, cool. as well. I like it. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, but yeah, I just I recommend I recommend playing the game, but I also recommend listening to the soundtrack because it just is. Yeah. Yeah, fun. I'd heard the soundtrack for Transistor, and I really like that. And I've heard the music for Bastion as well. Mm. I've never played Hades, but I do want to. It's on Game Pass, and I recommend. Yeah, it. it's fun. It's similar to like, yeah, it's that dungeon kind of thing. I think you played yeah. Boyfriend. Dungeon. Oh, I love Boyfriend Dungeon. It's similar gameplay to that. You just you do a thing and then you yeah. go down. It's a good time. Nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's my number four. Short and sweet again, but a good cool. one. Just give me a second. No worries. Junie. Junie. She's eating a, a dirt or a stick. I'm just gonna maybe put her inside. Yeah, I was gonna say I maybe just move her in. Be right back. All right. Right. She didn't want to come in. No. She just. One of the chew sticks and eat dirt, and yeah. then whenever I go up to her, she just runs away. Mm, yeah, I know that game. game. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking hate that game. It's the worst game. I leave her out there now. I just close the door, go away for two minutes, yeah. come back, and she will come in. It's just the fact that she just wants to eat sticks. I'm like, you're gonna die. 
Don't eat yeah. a stick. No. And then Edie wants to copy because she sees Junie with a stick and she's like, oh, my, she's got a stick. I like a stick. I'm like, you don't like sticks. You've never Literally, liked sticks. Edie's never touched a stick in her life. But then Junie will start chewing one and Edie's like, I'm going to eat that too. And it's like, oh, my God. There are some things we want you to copy. Yeah. Like, you know, certain things like playing. Um, but maybe not playing with sticks. Not eating the sticks. Um, right. Mm. I think we're on my number three. I've missed actually. Yes. I've put mine in different orders now. Actually, um, okay. I decided to change it all around. So, yeah, mm. number three. Yep. Is a man. Oh. <laughs> Again. All these men. <laughs> Where are the women? Maybe they'll be coming soon. Anyway, so my number three is mm-hmm. a man called Nathan McCree. Nathan McCree is an English music composer and sound effects editor. He has worked on computer games, television, live events and radio, but he worked primarily for what I know him for and why I picked him um, with core design between 1996 and 1998 for the first three Tomb Raider games, among others. Very cool. But I I think I, we discussed in one of our other episodes. I was listening to the Tomb Raider soundtrack for some reason uh, while we were recording. I don't know why I did that. Uh, now I can do that. But... Yeah. Now it's relevant for you to be listening and watching other, like, the things you're talking yeah. about. But no, I, uh, I I adore the Tomb Raider music. And I primarily love, like, the Tomb Raider 1 soundtrack and that kind of, like, main theme. But I was watching a thing with him earlier and he basically kind of obviously just talks about how, you know, obviously, like, the Tomb Raider kind of main theme or like I think it's it's called like the what's it called? Is it the sweet yeah. yes Tomb Raider sweet yeah like that was kind of like always kind of incorporated into like obviously the lots of different like the Tomb Raider one theme yeah sounds a little bit like the Tomb Raider three theme like that kind of like that diddy almost yeah they're um, all kind of like one part of the whole collect like the and sweet I, thing I love that little bit of music like I just think it's perfect yeah everything about it is just perfect it's kind of like has that kind of little bit of intrigue like the mystery behind it um it also just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside because it reminds me of my childhood it's like a very big nostalgia thing yeah but it's also just a beautiful piece of music and it almost kind of shins like shivers down my spine to an extent like it's just so mm. I don't know there's just something so cool about it and I think obviously the Tomb Raider games have this kind of big thing of like adventure and mystery because you know it's all about like discovering you know kind of mysterious unknown areas and exploring and it just I just think it kind of encapsulates that perfectly yeah but anyway let's talk a little bit about Nathan so a fun a fact about him actually is he also worked with the Spice Girls <laughs> very cool yeah I love it Spice up your life what a good time um he started writing music actually when he was 11 on a Korg Delta synthesizer, whatever that is, bought by his father. So yeah, that's just nice for young Nathan. Um, he studied computer science at Kingston University. So obviously he got his job at, at Core Design as a programmer, um, and his first job there I think was to code music sequencing for the Sega Mega Drive apparently. And he actually did the music for Asterix and the Power of the Gods on Mega Drive, which I actually really think I had, or at least I think I played it. Mm. Uh, it was just a very random Asterix game. Um, but yeah, so he's but he's mainly known for creating the original music for Tomb Raider, um, writing the entire score, uh, apparently in four weeks without insight on the game levels, helping draw the what? music accordingly, which was cool. But yeah, and apparently even on the following two games, he was still getting very limited description of what like they wanted. But he fucking nailed it, so 
but he was uh, apparently not contracted to work on Tomb Raider The Last Revelation, being later replaced by Peter Connolly. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Peter. No, I don't. I'm sure you're a lovely man, it's Peter. It's not Peter's fault. <laughs> it's not Peter's fault. Um, apparently as well, just, just to completely apologise to Peter, Nathan actually interviewed Connolly to replace him at Core Design. So right. Peter, Peter didn't just come in and steal Tomb Raider from Nathan. It was fine. Yeah. It's all good. Everyone's um, still friends. <laughs> I'm just starting a war with Peter. I think Peter was actually in my list of honourables. So um, I got you, Peter. You're cool. Yeah. But Pete. yeah, he. I think he then went went freelance, but he did come back to do some music for for three. Nice. I think he maybe he. Oh yeah, he left after two and then came back to do some for three, and then I think that was kind of about it for him. But. Um, yeah, very talented guy. I mean, to do that without really knowing like what the fuck to do, yeah. nailed it. But just fantastic music. And I think as well, obviously I love the sweet music, but he also, I think it's the T-Rex song as well is amazing. Because the T-Rex moment in that game, we all know was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, um, Music for that was incredible. Just so many, uh, kind of what I was saying earlier about how like obviously the music's sort of going along with what's happening in the moment, like because we have the lovely sweet music then you know he was also really good at creating music for like the really tense moments mm-hmm. um and yeah well i guess with composers as well like, we can say soundtracks are amazing blah 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 but i guess with like composers they have that ability to create that to create this varied different kind of music for different scenarios and i don't know there's yeah. just something else to it there's definitely something about like because it, it's not like you can look at what's exactly going to be happening on the screen at every moment in a video game on like a, like a movie you have a, a scene that's shot a particular way and is trying to get a certain mm-hmm. emotion and although yeah games do have that you also have lots of humans playing with it running around doing their own thing and so the music still has to fit with that as well as whatever they're trying to get you to feel at the same time but it yeah. can't be so jarring so it must be really difficult um to do that especially yeah trying to get it to work across multiple games and not do the same thing even though you are kind of in the same areas and doing the same stuff but yeah he he was the one that i picked that was kind of more just one franchise yeah um everyone else i've kind of at least got two but i think with him because it kind of spanned multiple tomb raider games i was like well that's a lot of music so yeah and, and I think some it's just in there. Yes. And I think it's just stuck in my mind and, and I just think, yeah, he's a he's a talented man. Very much so. So yeah, that's Nathan. That's nice. my number three. That's very good number three. I like it. My number three is another man. Oh god. We've got a lot no of No offence, men, but you know. We've gone quite men heavy on this. Yeah. Not that we are pick based on gender at all, but it's just no. when, once you notice you start having a running theme, it just ends up being a bit like, oh, there could be some more women in this category. There could be. <laughs> Before we get down a, a rabbit hole that I don't think either of us are qualified to talk about, <laughs> um, I'm going to return us to a lovely composer that I know we both love, and so I'm a little bit worried this is going to be one of our crossovers, and that I've put him at number three, and that is Grant Kirkhope. So I didn't pick Grant because I kind of knew you would. Aha, okay, cool. (laughs) That's fine. I'm cool that we do this now. Um, 
<laughs> and I was really worried when I picked it, but I was just like, nah, I'm just going to go for it because I have yeah. to talk about Grant. No, I know how much you love him, so. Yes, very much so. So Grant Kirkham, if you don't know, is a Scottish composer, beautiful Scottish man, um, and he's best known for his work on games such as Banjo-Kazooie, Donkey Kong 64, and a more recent Mario and Rabbids uh, Kingdom Battle game. And I think the sequel to that one as well. Grant's music I love a lot. It is often described as being very catchy and humorous, which I think is really great two descriptions of, especially the Banjo-Kazooie music, which is a really light-hearted feeling game. And so I think the music does really well on that. Um, and I actually ended up listening to, so I used a, a website that I found called Composer Code, who also has a podcast, so shout out to Composer Code, the podcast, nice. who spoke to Grant and had an interview with him. Um, and they spoke about lots of different things around Grant and his music and composing, and I recommend listening to that. Um, he's also been on like the BBC Sounds podcast around game music, which I also recommend listening to, um, particularly his episode. But he spoke on that about how for, especially Banjo-Kazooie, he wanted to make music that worked for the contrasting personalities of Banjo, who's very like carefree, easygoing bear, and Kazooie, who is very like harsh and abrasive bird. Tight. Yes. Um, and how their personalities are a little bit like conflicting, and so you want to do music that reflects that, but isn't also conflicting. And the podcast talks about how they use tritones, which is a musical term that I don't know enough about to talk about in depth, but it's basically where you pick two notes furthest apart from each other in a chord sense and, um, and they're different pitches and stuff um, and apparently it works really well in banjo and kazooie you can hear it a lot used in that particular music and so I just really love a lot of his work I think I spoke about the Marion Rabbids soundtrack that he did yes. on I think my soundtracks um, one yeah. and maybe also my song one because I love a couple pieces from that and the fact that he got to use some like of the famous Mario music in his work and it's just a really lovely soundtrack and I, every time I go through his list of games that he's worked on and all the stuff I really love I just go oh it's more Grant Kirkhope okay great I like this one and this one oh this one's good too and he also did Goldeneye mm. and Perfect Dark which again both have amazing themes in wait he did wait he did goldeneye n64 yeah the our goldeneye so like the the absolute theme. bop yeah yeah the banger that is <laughs> the goldeneye soundtrack yeah anything oh, basically that so rare good. worked on back in the day up until i think viva pinata mm -hmm. was grant kirkhope um plus there's another guy who i think still works there who also worked on a bunch of stuff with him um but those two together in particular worked on those things yeah we love Grant yeah just lots of really really good good music um, I do recommend listening to that podcast because um, mm -hmm. it was just really interesting insight to Grant's music um, but yeah I don't know what it is about it I think it's just it's probably a lot of nostalgia I will give it that um, as I think it's probably why I've picked a lot of my pieces I mean I, my last one was probably all nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing but I think as well like I can quite happily listen to a lot. Like I own the Marion Rabbids soundtrack on yeah. vinyl. But that, well, that music it. stuck with you for a reason. Like even if it's nostalgia, like it's still memorable enough for you to, you know. And I, I think that counts for something. Definitely. And like I still like, like we're saying, we have video game, um, like playlists and stuff on Spotify, and they're all full of like different music that is it that has like banjo and kazooie in there and 
Uh, the Donkey Kong 64 bits are really nice. I have not got the DK wrap in there, but it's a, a bop. Um, and yeah, there's just lots of nice nice bits and pieces that I think Grant's kind of done. And we think about him a lot when we talk about music, and so I kind of yeah. felt like we had to mention him. Well, I'm glad you mentioned him, because there was someone that didn't mention him. And that was in the Mario movie. Yes. Grant Kirkhope did not get credited for the Donkey Kong rap, and he was very upset. As he should be, because the DK rap is a well-known, but if hated song by the community. I don't know why. I loved it as a kid. Maybe that's why, because 90s kids at heart loved terrible rap music that I really had no business making, but it's I great. Know. I really appreciated Grant's tweet, though, because I actually saw, I found it on my phone while you were talking. Um, and he just writes, I was really looking forward to seeing my name in the credits for the DK rap, but alas, as expected, it's not there. Dot, dot, dot. FML. Fuck my life. And I don't know why I just really like, <laughs> I really appreciate Grant on Twitter. I just, every time I see his tweets, it just makes me laugh. So. Yeah. I think the thing with Grant is he's not, like, he's such a good composer and he's done some of the biggest music from when we were kids and still does today. Like, I think he lives in LA and makes a bunch of stuff. But, like, He's not up there with a lot of the names that you hear a lot when you talk about video game music. And I don't know why, because it's great. Yeah. It's great things. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great guy and I'm glad you mentioned him. And uh, he deserves to be credited. <laughs> Justice for Grant. Justice. We'll, we'll <laughs> keep on this. If Grant ever hears this, we, we're behind you, Grant. <laughs> Come um, on our podcast. Yes. Well, actually, to be fair, we just don't ever invite anyone on anymore. We were, there were points where we were like, yeah, like we were t- not talking to people, but like we knew that we had an in with certain people. And we were like, we could just easily ask them on. We just got scared and we were like, but it's just going to be a shit show because we're just going to be there shitting our pants and we'll be really awkward and shy and it would just be a terrible time for everyone. I mean, maybe everyone would laugh at us and have a great time just observing the wreck that we are. But yeah, we just never bothered. Yeah, I mean, as comfortable as we are talking to each yeah. other, when having to deal with anybody in the outside world. Yeah, um, it's funny because like a lot of podcasts are just great interviewers and stuff, and <laughs> the list. professional and, like, level journalists. Yeah, like they're really good at like being able to kind of like carry a conversation and all that kind of stuff. And we don't have that ability, really. That's we not just... a skill we possess. <laughs> No, we flail. Even if someone's not a big name necessarily, and they're on here or whatever, or they're just you know someone that's just any guest, we, any we've ever any had guest, on the podcast, we're still going to be shitting ourselves, mm. and we don't know how to talk to you because we're awkward, just like our dogs. <laughs> we don't. We're not very. We we are super socially awkward. We might pretend that we're cool and confident. We're not. Yeah, if you ever spot us in the outside world, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, this isn't. This is nothing that I expected. <laughs> or maybe it is. Maybe it's very much what you expect out of two people who have a video game podcast. Maybe. Yeah, nerds. Social good <laughs> nerds. Um, but we're social we do nerds that the stereotypes. apparently aren't very good at talking. <laughs> anyway. Moving on from that one. Um, yeah, Grant Kirkhope is my number three. Sweet. What is your number two? I'm picking for my number two. <gasps> I, got, I got a treat for you. Oh. My number two is a woman. <gasps> yes. I didn't just pick this woman because she's a woman. I picked her because she's incredibly talented and I'm glad that we've got a female composer now on this list because video games can be male-dominated. We all know it. Music shouldn't be male-dominated, but it seems that video games 
in music seems to be a little bit that way, but not necessarily. There are a lot of incredible female composers out there, but I just think that perhaps they don't always get the limelight they deserve. So I'm going to put one of them in the limelight. Nice. Uh, and that is a lovely lady called Jessica Curry. Oh, I was hoping you were going to talk about Jessica Curry. Yes. So she's an English composer, radio presenter, and former co-head of the British Video Game Development Studio, The Chinese Room, um, who I love. The Chinese Room, for me, did uh, the games, that, well, the games that I like the most is Everybody's Gone to the Rapture and Dear Esther. They are two very walking simulator games, which we know that I love big fan of walking around. I mean, most of my, my other pick, Chris, I mean, he did Gone Home and that other game, Firewatch. <laughs> that, that other game that, <laughs> I, that I love. <laughs> I've just spoken um, about. That I just forgot. Yeah, so it turns out actually that her, um, that her husband, Dan Pinchbeck, who is obviously the other half of the Chinese room, yeah, they're married. And he turned to her when he was making Dear Esther to, for her to write the score. Um, so yeah, she sort of became the co-founder of the Chinese Room Game Studio. And she's incredibly talented. I adore Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. It is a fucking ride. I'll say mm -hmm. that much. Uh, have you played that? I can't remember. I know I told no, you to. No, it's but... one of the ones I keep meaning to, to find on PlayStation and play. And I just haven't done yet. Yeah, I mean, I own it. It might well be that you can download it on the PS5. Um, I own it on PlayStation. But yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like, it is very, it's kind of a definition walking sim in my opinion. But the the music is so important as you kind of walk through this world and discover and kind of look into to things that are happening and trying to understand what's going on. Um, it's so, so vital. Um, and it's very interactive as well, that kind of score. Very similar to some of the other ones I've been talking about. I'm a big, a big fan of that. Um, she won a BAFTA for her score for the game. Nice, yeah. So Chinese Room worked on a machine for pigs, Amnesia, which I do like Amnesia. I didn't really play the first one, I think, so yeah. did you. Um, she did the music for that, which was very good. I listened to a little bit of it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's very like her style. Right, um, yeah. Actually, I haven't spoken about Durester. Let me, let me speak about Durester. So I played that game after Everybody's Gone Through Rapture. I played it a couple of years ago, but that came out. It was one of the first proper kind of walking sims, I think, that appeared. Um, definitely one of the most first successful yeah and I'd obviously experienced a lot of walking sims before then and so when I played it I feel like I was a little bit late to the game so you know like one of my favorite walking sims is what remains of Edith Finch and I've, I've got to say like the importance of Dear Esther should not be kind of like forgotten in this sense because it yeah. was one of the first it was I didn't like love it in terms of what it was like trying to do but that's because as i said i think it was just it was it was one of the early ones so it was only they were really only finding their feet but the yeah. music in that game when i played it i think i was just more entranced than anything by the mm. music in the rest of it. it was so kind of like sad but like so entrancing it was it was incredible but anyway so obviously she did dear esther and then she did everybody's gone to the rapture and then amnesia's in there somewhere but she she announced in 2015 that she was leaving her role with the studio um, and stated that her decision was based on various factors, including a degenerative condition, which sucks, um, but also the stress that she felt from the studio's relationship um, with the publisher and her treatment as a woman in the games industry, which men. Yeah. <laughs> I deep men. 
God damn it, Ahmed. Um, I don't actually know if that's, that's the reason, obviously. I, I feel as well. I watched an interview with her and I think she was saying it was hard, like having kids and, and working in the game industry and kind of like, you know, having that all going on. But I do think that maybe yeah. she did get treated a little bit like shit because she was obviously a woman. Um, yeah, I mean, the culture, the, the especially around then, it, it's obviously crunch is a, is a thing that is being tried to be smushed yeah. on now a bit more, but especially probably when those games were coming out, it was still... I mean, it's still a thing now, but it, it was probably yeah. a big thing then. And if you have children, especially, I guess, as a mum and all the pressures we know about being mm. a mum working, um, I can't imagine that those two things gel yeah. well together. And I, I could imagine there is a lot of negative experiences around that. And I'm just saying, I think it was Sony. Yeah. Because... It was Sony Computer Entertainment Santa Monica Studio. Mm. I think maybe because I think that's the big one that they worked with in terms of I think it was the one that was combined with Everyone's Monster Rapture. Uh, not to name any names, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously there was a lot of things going on. I don't we're just blame looking her. at you, you know? Yeah, we're just looking at you. I think, yeah, I, I don't. I think, you know, she she was obviously kind of like approached by her partner to to kind of do the music for it. And I think that was her first kind of in into the video game world. And it probably was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably was a lot. So, yeah, I don't I don't blame her. But I do think that she um, I think she came back a little bit. And I think she did. She has done some stuff since then. Kind of like dipped her turn a little bit. So obviously I'm hoping that everything kind of got a little bit better. And she obviously hasn't completely um, gone off of working, working in games. But yeah, she's a very, very talented woman. And I think. I mean, she kind of described it in her own interview, actually, is when she was like, my music is actually genuinely quite, like, sad. And that is a kind of nice way to put it because it does, it has a very melancholy feel to Mm. it. Very, like, haunting in some ways, but just also kind of, I find it quite relaxing. But, yeah, absolutely wonderful. And it's just, it's one of those ones, I think, music pieces for all of those that just kind of, like, not shock you, because that's not really a word for it, but it's just... It's... It's weird how uh, how much emotion you can feel from just a yes. piece of music's like tone yeah. and stuff. And I think there is a definite like that's obviously part of the art, right? It's getting yeah. people to feel things through music. And so anybody who can achieve that is obviously in my brain very yeah like great at their craft. And so yeah, she and I have heard pieces. Um, that she's done even when I haven't played all the games and you're right yeah. like they're beautifully melancholic but they're very mm. like there's just something about them though that is still that works really well and especially for walking sims mm. that's the you, thing it's I, it's so important it. yeah. yeah um and I think everybody's gone to the rapture wouldn't have been the same without her music in it um it wouldn't have created the kind of weird mystery that you feel when you're like there like it just creates it's almost unsettling in, in some ways and there's you know there's some that's more comforting but it's like it's a weird kind of comforting yet unsettling yet like kind of weird i don't know it's just whatever it is she fucking nailed it yeah but it was it was pretty cool in january 2017 it was announced that curry would present high score classic fm six episode series on video game music which i think i remember you being like sending me at the time and uh yeah i think they they like renewed it um, and there was some more that came out. Um, yeah. she, she, I was also watching a video about how she did a video game music night at the Royal Abbott Hall or something as well, which was oh, cool. cool. And 2019 as well, she presented The Sound of Gaming on BBC Radio 3. That's the one 
yeah i have listened to a few times yeah. um that's one i've had she had grant on and I, yeah yeah i recommend she's really great as a as a host as well yeah amazing um they're based in brighton as well which is not far from us so chinese right? um but yeah she yeah she's she's cool she's just i think just generally a really a cool a cool lady and mm. i like what she does and we needed to mention some fucking women up in here yeah, I'm annoyed at myself now because I do have women in my honourable mentions, but I'm not sure if any of them made my list. We'll see. Wow, I see. I see. I see. That's a good number two, though. I'm glad we spoke about Jessica Curry because, yeah, I know she's such a big person in video game music. And like I said, I really love her podcast for the BBC Sounds one that she does. It's really great. Um, and they do play her music on that one as well sometimes. Um, and it's really lovely. But having never played, like the main hitters I think that she's worked on that I just didn't include yeah I I just would recommend everybody's gone to the rapture like Mm. Dear Esther is is, you know I was in the mood for it at the time it's it's a it feels kind of like a sad walk around it's it's beautiful in a lot of ways but I think um it it was good in its time and it was it was a pre what do you call it when something's like one of the first it's a bit like Journey do you remember Journey like obviously you were saying that you played it and it was like you knew at the time this would be fucking incredible but then when you played it you were like I feel like I've missed it a bit yes definitely that is I was going to say that sounds like my experience with Journey when you're talking about it I was like yeah Yeah. you just you know how important it is and you know how cool it is and you can see how cool of a spark it is to that would have set off lots of stuff but it for but now if you can't compare it to something it doesn't really hold up the same thing yeah, but yeah, hundred percent. Everybody's going to Rapture. Great game, great score. Jessica Curry's mm-hmm. cool. What's your number two? So my number two, I'm going to talk about another man, a big man, a big man. Well, <laughs> he himself is not that big, but he is probably the biggest name in uh, video game music, and that is Koji Kondo. Mm. So before you start. Yeah. You know, I said earlier that I was going to be chaotic for today's top five. Mm-hmm. I stopped myself talking about two of the biggest names in video game music. And this man was the other man uh, because I was like, do you know what? I'm not doing it. Wow. I love these two men to pieces. Um, everyone can guess who the other one is. Yeah. But I'm not doing it. I'm not putting them one. on my fucking list. Um, well done, you. I thought about it and I, I thought long and hard. And especially looking through my list of... yeah my list of honorable mentions and there were so many people that I could have picked but I was just yeah. like I can't we can't not talk about these two men yeah. but I'm I, I kind of had a feeling that you would and I just went do you know what I'm gonna take a fucking risk here and I'm not gonna put them in in the hope that you do <laughs> okay well I feel like our thing has paid off then because my yes. number one is probably the other one you didn't mention that's what I mean I was chaotic and chaotic I like it today <laughs> all right then in that case we can talk about these people freely without worrying so Koji Kondo um if you have not heard of Koji Kondo um you will definitely know of this man's music so he is a Japanese composer who works for Nintendo and is responsible for the music of Mario, Zelda, and pretty much everything that Nintendo makes, like Smash Bros. and he is the man, mother, all of those things. Um, but you know, he started in 1984 with Nintendo. Um, he was apparently the first person ever hired to specialize in video game music. I think, I think at least for Nintendo. I don't know if he was the first one ever in the world, but he was definitely the first for Nintendo. They had other gate like sound designers at Nintendo at the time, but he was the first one who was specialised in just the composing of music. Mm-hmm. And he 
basically made our wonderful Super Mario Bros theme. If you know Super Mario, that is Mr. Koji Kondo. Um, he, apparently he played music from a very young age and plays music such as the electric organ and the marimbas, which marimbas are like a <laughs> xylophone thing, um, which is very odd. But he really loved the music of video games when he was a kid, so Space Invaders and the very early Donkey Kong or the arcade games. It was like, he really loved that kind of tone of music that came out of the like, arcade boxes at the time, but he couldn't, that was the kind of style of music that he was looking for, but obviously it wasn't being played out in the world or anywhere else. And so he kind of sought to be hired by Nintendo and did. Um, he first worked on a game called Punch Out, which was like a, as an audio mm -hmm. designer for Nintendo, but Super Mario Bros was his first full composition which i think is ridiculous considering the music that is the super mario bros music. oh yeah um and he just he just smashed it um apparently him and miyamoto obviously the main nintendo man really wanted the music to go like hand in hand with the player's movements on screen and kind of make sure that those two worked really seamlessly um, which I think again is a very big thing when you work in video games that's kind of what you're trying to do you're kind of trying to match those energies match that feeling um, which I think Koji Kondo does really well um, if you think about like Mario 64 how much we love those that main theme when you're running around the open world oh yeah it's iconic the castle I just have it played in your head the reason I've picked him here though is probably solely just for the Ocarina soundtrack Yes. Um, he did the whole of Zelda Ocarina of Time soundtrack. And I just love every piece of music in there. It's probably one of the, it's one of those ones where anyone talks about Koji Kondo, they kind of talk about this, that particular like soundtrack as one of like his best work ever. And he's done so much stuff since then and around it. But I agree that it's just like one of the best soundtracks. I think it probably was my best soundtrack. And he talks about a lot about his belief in the importance of like making sure you have distinct characters within your music and make sure those characters are represented with their own music. And I think Ocarina particularly does that really well. If we think about Sheik's theme and I love Sheik's Sarah's theme and like the main overworld theme and Zelda's theme, like all of these themes and like the themes for each specific area of the game is really well cemented like Lost Woods, you know that music and it kind of goes off in your head. And so I think he does that particularly well. Um, and I own lots of his music in around a place and I can't stop listening to it ever. I always go like, oh, I could listen to some other, you know, music in general. And then I just put Zelda soundtracks on. Yeah, I, I want to say that I know I didn't put them on my list, but I absolutely adore every single piece of music by this man. Yeah. I'm just a sneaky motherfucker today. Um, I know that I can I like talk it. about this without fucking putting it on the list. Yeah, like literally for me, you know, Mario's Mario, but I think with the Zelda soundtracks, you know, you, he worked on more like Twilight Princess, like Wind Waker, like, you know, even Majora's Mask soundtrack was amazing. And, and I think that you just, yeah, they're just iconic, incredible. I have some favorites obviously from each. Um, Sheik's theme is, is one of my favorites. I think that one was one of my songs from one of the top five. And just and just Zelda's like lullaby as well. Um, just It's just an incredible piece of work. And as well, I, I think what I love as well about Ocarina of Time 
is the fact that obviously like the music is intertwined with the game because it's the ocarina um, and you know mm -hmm. you actually play that song within the game it's incorporated and a little bit similar with Wind Waker I guess because it's all kind of like musical or whatever but yeah it just it's, it's hard to kind of like explain why he's amazing because there's many many reasons and many many songs um, but he just is <laughs> yeah I mean I think the thing is it's like if someone if someone walked up to somebody on the street who isn't a huge gamer but at least is familiar with games and ask them to at least try and sing a piece of music from a video game i think everyone would do the mario yeah theme just like you would just know that mario theme and that's his music and so i think like all else fails you have to mention him at yeah. least on this list because i could sure. not put him in for that reason you know you just yeah. you just had to have him in yeah, like I said, there's not... It's one of those things, again, with him, where I was just like, he's the most impressive, one of the most impressive people in video game music. I just don't have much to say other than just, you know, keep making <laughs> beautiful music. Like, yeah. you just have to listen to the music, I think, to know how good it is. Yeah. And that is my number two. I am glad. I was worried for a second there that, <laughs> that he wouldn't be in it, and I was like, my plan has failed. But no, my plan is... I think your plan's going to come well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so technically we're on to number one, so we can talk about the other mentions now. Yes. Um, I'll go first. Go so um, one of mine was uh, Chris Velasco, who did some music for basically Mass Effect 3, because obviously I mentioned Jack yeah. Wall did the first two, and Chris Velasco did the um, did the third one. He also did some music for Borderlands, which is great, um, a great game, and that was very good. He was very close to being on my list, but I think because he didn't do the whole entire Borderlands, I just couldn't pick him. Akira Yamoka, who does the music of Silent Hill, which I adore, that kind of like creepy ass music. But it was kind of like, that was just mainly like the one thing that I would have picked him for, so. Kenta Nagata did some stuff on Wind Waker along with Koji, and I did think mm. about putting him in, but didn't make it. Uh, Lorne Balf, we've spoken about Lorne Balf because I love the game um, Beyond Two Souls, and Lorne Balf did yeah. some music for that. But I'd already mentioned Lorne, so I, I didn't bother. Austin Wintory, who did the soundtrack yes. for Journey incredible guy makes incredible music but yeah also i don't know if i'm going to pronounce this right but yes anori matsuda does music for like chrono trigger um xenoblade and stuff like that nice yeah. um and now i know i'm not going to pronounce this right because i never can but i wanted to include but i just didn't in the end gustavo santaolala yeah, <laughs> I can never say Gustavo's last name, but yes. San Santalao Santao Santalala. Is it Lala? Lala. Alo. Santalala. Fuck knows. I'm sorry, Gustavo. We've not said it correctly. But The Last of Us soundtrack, right? Yes, The Last of Us. Um, <laughs> fantastic. But again, because it, he does a lot of movies and TV and he's amazing. Mm. Um, but it was just the only like the only game that was Last of Us. And I was like, I can't just pick yeah. you on that. So, um, uh, yeah, that's my own mentions. What are yours? Nice. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, so similar vein, I'm going to talk about Bear McCreary, um, who, again, has done so many movies and TV show, it's unreal, but has only really done for video games The God of War, the new God of War 2018 oh. and the Ragnarok uh, soundtrack, but it is fantastic. Uh, two the two other women that I have that I did not mention, but I really want to talk about now, is Lena Rain, who did Celeste and uh, a game called Chicory, oh, um, and a bunch of uh, indie games and stuff, beautiful music um, from her, and... Yoko Shimura, who did the Kingdom Hearts soundtrack. Oh, that stuff. was... Yeah, I, I did have her on my list, but I still might have disappeared, yeah. 
Yeah, she's was, great. Yeah, really good. Uh, we've got Toby Fox who did the Undertale soundtrack and Undertale itself. Um, again, really brilliant soundtrack. I love the Undertale one. We've got Kazumi Totaka who did the Animal Crossing themes, like pretty much all the Animal Crossing themes. And is actually a real quick fact that I found was that KK Slider, the singing dog, is based on this man. Um, he also did pretty much all the Wii menu music. Oh, yes. Sports. I did and find him along my research ways, yeah. You know how much I love the Wii menu music. Yeah. The Wii, that was all this person. Um, I've also got uh, Neil Lacree, who did Overwatch, World of Warcraft kind of pieces. And I've got Darren... Oh, it's Danny Baronowski, who did Crypt of the De- Necrodancer and Super Meat Boy. Two mm. things I like. Last two is the Berlinist who did Gris soundtrack. And the Gris soundtrack is beautiful if you haven't played it or heard it. It's great. And Jerry Martin who did the original Sims music. Ah, oh, nice. Because yeah. I love the Sims music. And I did. I thought maybe that he'd done the rest of the Sims but he'd actually only done the first Sim. And then somebody else did the other one that I can't remember his name. Well, the first um, one's the most important. Let's be but real. I was like, yeah, Sims original yeah. music is just peak sims and so yeah that was my they're, they're all my honorable mentions i've, I've got to mention them. i know that i've missed out a fucking ton um Completely. but i just got really overwhelmed <laughs> honestly i was going through lists and lists and lists and all my video game soundtrack things and all the things i've got on there and i was just like oh my yeah. god this is good and this is good and then some people i couldn't even find the full names of anybody because it was such yeah, a collaborative that's piece. it like i was like who did what where you know and i, I that's why i ended up a lot of mine i ended up going with people that primarily have made the whole soundtrack themselves kind of thing yes um because it was just easier to be like okay i know that you did this uh yeah it's hard yeah oh one more person that i was gonna put on my list mm. i didn't was gareth coker who did like the ori will of the wisps and a bunch of other oh, things yes. um and some really beautiful music and so yeah but yeah i had the same problem where i was like oh, i really want to put this game in or this game but at least three people have worked on that soundtrack and so it doesn't really yeah. work for composers and yeah one of those things oh yeah i'm also going to mention one more and that's uh i mentioned him in in songs um but that's barrington Long who did broken sword um, nice he was a classical composer uh anyway yes many many composers you're all amazing um i'm sorry if we didn't include you yeah. um you're not listening but anyway <laughs> in case you were <laughs> um right number one yeah okay, so i also top? i want to mention that really none of these are actually in order not really you just um, picked five. Basically. There. <laughs> I should have put Jessica at the top because she's a woman. <laughs> now we've gone too far the other way. But no, this 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 one is this this is a this is a great person. Um my number one is Enon Zer. Oh nice. Yes. So Enon Zer is an Israeli American composer um of soundtrack for films, television and video games, and has been described as being internationally recognised as one of the A list orchestral composers in the video game industry. So you'll know Enon Zer from like the Prince of Persia games, Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Two, Fallout New Vegas, Fallout Four, Fallout seventy six, and also composing for the new Starfield game. Very cool. Um, and also the old games that I used to play when I joined, which aren't as well known, is Icewind Dale and Neverwinter Nights. Other, loads of other stuff too, but this is just stuff that I picked out because <laughs> yeah. this is stuff that I like and this is about me. So yeah, those are the ones that I mentioned. But um, yeah, incredibly talented and creates amazing music. Um, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory to his life. 
he was born in Israel at the age of five. He was trying to compose harmonies with his mother singing um, and became very inspired by classical music, which I really like that fact because a lot of the music that he composes for these games does often have like singing, um, especially like, you know, like the Dragon Age, like main theme. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I really appreciate kind of like that's what he would do um, with his mum. I thought that was very sweet. Um, he learned to play the French horn as a child, studied the piano nice. by age eight. Um, and was studying composition by age 10, so very good at Muzak. Um, emigrated to the United States in 1990 and sort of began his career in 1994, you know, like movie soundtracks and stuff. And then he signed on to compose for Fox Island in six years and made soundtracks for various children television shows, including Digimon and Power Rangers. Amazing. Um, he did a lot of Power Rangers. Uh, but then he decided that he wanted to work on something like more intriguing and more advanced, somewhere that would like appreciate music a lot more and Basically, like he was kind of convinced in the end to, to work in the video games industry. Um, and his first video game soundtrack was 2000 Star Trek Klingon Academy. Amazing. <laughs> which he started composing for the game in 1997. Um, he did a lot of Star Trek stuff, actually, a lot, um, which I thought you'd appreciate. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's, he's done a lot of stuff. I've, I've only mentioned a few, but I, I think his stuff is fantastic. I love his stuff. Obviously, Fallout is one of my favorite games, as is Dragon Age. Um, and, you know, he's done both. And he just creates just sort of like incredible music. I absolutely adore any of the music in Dragon Age. It kind of always has that really amazing, like kind of medieval fantasy feel to it. Mm -hmm. um, but then with Fallout as well, him then being able to create this real kind of like, you know, the kind of like post-apocalyptic kind of ambience and and just that kind of, it's a very epic, very epic soundtrack. But yeah, he's also, he's just very diverse. He's able to just do a lot of different things. Um, just nails it every time. Yeah, I mean, one point I had was just mm -hmm. a fantastic name to begin with. Inoza, yeah, yeah, I know. Such a good name. Mm -hmm. And although I have played Dragon Age, I've not really played much Fallout, I still just really love listening to his music because he, like you said, he does such a good job at making really epic feeling pieces. Um, yeah. That feel quite different, but again, but not. They do feel like they come from the same person, which I always think is really interesting sometimes. It's yeah. like different. You can tell it's a different game. You can tell it's a completely different feel, but it still has his feel to it. For it's sure, like John Williams' music, right? It's just like it feels like his music, but yeah, yeah. Um, he it seems to be working music-wise. I'm guessing on a game, um, and that also looks like Hans Zimmer is working on. Let's have a little look, right? Ashfall brings Hans Zimmer and Fallout producers together for score. They're collaborating. Wow, I've never heard of this game, but it's set to release in 2023. Well, I don't think that's nice. going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, Hans Zimmer's a fucking name. So that just shows you how cool Inonza is. Clearly, they are yeah. buddies. Very cool. But yeah, like, yeah, fantastic composer. Um, and, you know, he does have, he's a big name, big name in there. So mm -hmm. we're obviously into the big boys um, in this final part. Yeah. Of the top five. And yeah, Inonza is banging. So what's your number one? <laughs> so my number one is the one that you didn't put in there. Um, can I can I guess? Of course, go for it. Your number one is Nobuyumatsu. It is Nobuyumatsu. Yes. Um, we couldn't not talk about Nobuyumatsu. Um, yes. I mean, he was, he was my number one yeah. for so long. And that's when I was like, nah. 
Just not if gonna I'm do not it. gonna mention Koji, then I'm not gonna mention Nobu. I, I love both of you. You're the best, but I'm not doing it. I like it. I mean, I like your energy. I don't like that you would just sneak in, just hoped that I would, because I was very <laughs> tempted to take everybody out and just do a really do you know weird what? one. If you so. had done the same as I did, I might have actually cried, and I might just have just been mentioned. like, "Do you know what? Game time is over." Uh, we've just done a top five video game composers top five and we haven't mentioned no ball koji so we don't deserve to live yeah um, we don't deserve to have a video game <laughs> podcast no one everyone would be listening to it and being like right okay when are we getting to the people and then we'd get to number one and they'd be like no what is wrong with these people <laughs> cancelled yeah just get out you don't know what you're talking about um, so yes i had to talk about yeah. no boo. so if you don't no, no, we we're not familiar with his work. He's another Japanese p- composer. I have quite a few Japanese composers. Um, they'd make some of the best music. And his work on the Final Fantasy series. He is just renowned for making some of the best music in games um, and being able to make them like beautiful, kind of operatic, emotional pieces. Um, as well as Final Fantasy series, he's also done some work for the Chrono Trigger games. He did some stuff, I think, for Nier Automata as well, which has a beautiful soundtrack. I think he also did the Super Smash Bros. Brawl main nice. theme. And just, I think, to be fair, if you've played a JRPG in the past <laughs> 20 he's years... probably has something to do with one of he them, He probably least. did at least one of the pieces of music for them, because yeah. he just does so much stuff. But I think, for me, it's mostly just all about the Final Fantasy music. Because I think Final Fantasy music is probably some of the biggest music in my life in general. And so that's kind of why I had to put him in here. I think... And again, we talked about that kind of being able to fit pieces of music for very different games... Obviously, they're all under the Final Fantasy umbrella, but if we talk about like seven to eight to nine to ten Final Fantasy, for example, both, like all four of those, very different themes mm. and feelings for like all of the music. And I wouldn't say that it particularly ever feels like you couldn't really take a piece from seven and like drop it in ten. No. Um, even though they have the same feeling, they've got some of the same like. I guess sweet music we were talking about that kind of like overarching theme of like the main Final Fantasy theme is kind of in most of the games somewhere or the game over music is kind of similar I think they're just each incredibly so unique to their title Mm. like they're so characteristic of that Um, like I could you could I feel like we could guess if you if we weren't like well, I suppose we'd have to be somewhat familiar, but like you play a bit of Final Fantasy music, and I feel like most people will probably be able to. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, would be able to kind of attach what piece goes where because it always just has a certain vibe about it that's so unique to that particular game. Yes, definitely, and it's just such yeah, it's just such great music. Like some of the stuff, and then some of the varying and things that he's done over the years as well is really interesting. I have a little bit of his like general history if we talk about the man himself um he started playing piano at the age of 11 and is self-taught um and he composed his own pieces pretty much from that age he just was playing around with stuff um but it was when he was a teenager he worked at a music rental shop and he was asked by a then very small little company named square to (laughs) compose some music for them um and this was in 1986 i think the first final fantasy came out in 1987 and that was his work um he worked for square or square enix or you know any under that thing for about two decades solely under the square umbrella square umbrella and then he eventually left to create his own 
production company and record label and do freelancing work. So he has done, obviously, the new Final Fantasy remake games and more recent stuff for Square and some of the Final Fantasies, but he's not, like, owned doesn't work solely for them he's not owned by the man he isn't he owned works by the for man. himself he does what he wants <laughs> he gets to do all the things um i mean he still pretty much just works on every final fantasy that comes out but you know yeah he is the final fantasy man just like koji kondo is the zelda man i mean he's yeah. a zelda and mario man but like you know yeah they just don't do all of it themselves anymore yeah he, he, he had to, he's an older man he doesn't have the time now. yeah he, he doesn't things to do no. he's also um he was also in. He was the keyboardist in the Black Mages, which is a cover band of Final Fantasy music, but like a hard rock version of Final <laughs> yeah, Fantasy I heard about music. This. Which I remember finding when I was a young emo child and being like, "This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life because it's my favorite <laughs> game music mixed with cool music that I can play." Um, and he has just a very wide range of styles from that. Like you can kind of because that was really hard rock. But then he's also got very classical operatic feeling pieces. Like if we think about Final Fantasy VII pieces in there and the Sephiroth theme that we all know and love. Um, and then he also goes very techno. He loves techno music as well. He's a real man of many genres. Technical things. He has been influenced by lots and lots of different things. But some of the influences he's named I found quite interesting. So he named Celtic and Irish music as a large influence to a lot of his music. And I never think, I, I was trying to think about this when I learned this, if I can hear that. So I'm going to have to go back and actually see if I see any crossover between those two and the pieces I've heard him make. <laughs> but I couldn't. As well as Sir Elton John is a massive influence for Nobuatsu. Wow. I love it. Okay. I don't know why, but I appreciate I mean, I love Elton John and his music, but, yeah, you know, interesting, interesting fact. Cute. Yeah. But yeah, he just does some really great pieces again i think we all know why we love him if you've played those things but it's just one of his things i this is one of the only places people i found a fact for oh um and it's not a great fact apparently apparently his dream job would have been a professional wrestler what the fuck no boo i'm into it apparently yeah, I, that's I, what he does in his spare him. time he drinks yeah. beer he goes cycling and he watches he professional listens, wrestling. And he listens to Elton John. Yeah, while listening <laughs> to Elton John. And the other thing that I found, which apparently was a great quote from him, which that he gets more inspiration from walking his dog than he does to listening to other people's music. Amazing. He is such a sass pot. I know, What right? an absolute lad. <laughs> He's like, I, I walk my dog every day probably in the same fucking place and I get more inspiration from doing that than listening to everyone else's shit music. <laughs> I'm sure he meant it in a way that was not as sassy, but I had the same reaction when I first I was like, wow, Nobu. Wow. I mean, you are You amazing. are the king. You yeah. are the goat. You are like the best everybody loves you and your music and you can do no wrong so yeah fair i appreciate the fact that you know it yeah he, he knows what he's doing <laughs> he's got that kind of energy big uh, composer energy coming big through. composer energy <laughs> uh, yeah but just some some beautiful beautiful music that he's yeah. done over the years uh, and yeah. i can't believe like starting from a teenager and stuff in the grand age of yeah 
86. If I was to ask you right now, wait, he's 86? No, he's not 86. <laughs> I think he is 64, though. Oh, you said 1980s. You meant 1986. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, he's 86? 86. Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah, if I was to ask you right now, like, quick fire question, what's your favourite Nobuyumatsu, like, song? It is probably, it's probably a Final Fantasy IX track. Mm. Actually, no, you know what? It's going to be Tazanakand. Ah, a good one. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think, I, I think I would say, like, I mean, Aeros theme always sits with me, but I, I've always loved julia's song from like final fantasy 8 the one that she plays like, on the piano it's just like a one piece from final fantasy 8 um of piano music that's just like mm. i just adore i don't know why like yeah it's actually because this is a problem i changed my mind again because i'm like oh but the battle theming <laughs> in seven is amazing well, and then yeah. yeah nine has it's like the rose theme but it's not rose it's um but there's like a valo a la flamenco piece that's in there mm. um, and some of the it's themes hard. in there it's just everybody's theme is amazing and everybody's it's hard because like I feel like he nails obviously like the, the slow kind of romantic music um, which is what I love but then I, yeah it's like then you get the more sort of like one of my other one of my favourite ones is just the Turks theme it's the fucking coolest piece of music where it's just <laughs> yes. like it's banging I don't know like I remember once I was I was walking around London and I, I was in the soundtrack and like the Turks theme came on and I was like Wolf. I just felt really <laughs> It was weird. It was like, what is this? So I feel like I'm in the slums, but it's like cool and like. Yeah. Anyway. I think that's the thing. You can find like the world music, and you're like, oh, I'm off on an adventure. And then you've got the chocobo music, which is really bizarre yeah. but amazing. And then yeah, you go to people's like very serious pieces of music. Yeah. Like, so like, Rose of May. That was the one I was trying to think of. That's uh, beautiful. And like Sid's theme in. Oh, every... and Cosmo Canyon. As oh well. yeah. There's just two gold saucer. We can just keep yeah. naming all, pretty much everything on there. To mention one winged angel. As oh. Well. Because <laughs> uh, it just haunts my dreams, that piece of music. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. just too many for us to name. Oh, um, God, yeah. They are I all beautiful. Even stuff outside of, like, some of the ones, like, in Seven and before, like, he did such a beautiful job. Like, the main theme of Final Fantasy, which is the one that was on the first game, is just so yeah. beautiful. There's just too many. It's all beautiful piano stuff, and that's what yeah. gets me. If it's a piano, I mean... Oh. Yeah, I think this is the thing we should have to accept that nobody is just better than everyone. Yeah. Um, just take that point. Yeah. Nobody's better than everybody. You're never going to get better than him. Um, so just don't bother trying. Sorry, um, gang. <laughs> Up and comers. <laughs> what a lovely note to end on for any aspiring young composers. Don't just even don't, try. Don't bother. <laughs> What's the point? We're so inspiring. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do try. Do try. <laughs> what inspired you to become a composer? Not the Game 2 and 5 episode, that's for sure. Those bitches did nothing. It made me want to die. Um, <laughs> that's, that might be an upcoming review that we get. <laughs> it made me want to die. It made me kill my dreams and forget about them. Go work as a landscaper. It's easier. <laughs> No, seriously, this episode is all about how important video game music is. And if you're thinking about taking part in the career, do so. Just yes. know that you're never going to be as good as Nobu. But that's okay, <laughs> because everyone else on this list also isn't as good as Nobu. So you're all yeah. in it together in that way, you know? Yeah. You've got high <laughs> goals to set yourself down. Well, because we've just shouted everybody else we've mentioned on this. <laughs> 
I think we should end there, don't you? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah, no, great time. Uh, great mm. composers. You're all amazing. Every time I, I, I'm saying this, and I just feel like it's not genuine anymore because everything I just said, <laughs> I, I really mean it. They are all amazing. Music yeah. in video games is very important. Um, yeah. Yeah, completely. It's, it, I think you really notice when you play games with the sound off, you just really wouldn't have had the same effect, especially if you're trying to get any sort of emotion yeah. over um even if you're not it's just a nice time it helps you concentrate it's great to listen to while you work and do things or sleep i or use sleep. my soundtracks to sleep um yeah and so there's loads of composers and lots of music and i recommend checking out all of it because it's always great yes look up everyone that we have mentioned um but also the games as well they're also obviously we recommend playing them as well as listening to them um, and let us know if there's any more composers as well that we haven't like thought of or said we're always interested in talking about shit like that we have a discord you can join that um, go to our twitter and there's probably a link there I don't probably. know maybe probably or no our website there's probably there's links there gametill5.co.uk leave us a review as well we got a lovely review the other day actually we don't read reviews anymore because we found it really awkward to basically read off nice things about ourselves because but we, we do, hate ourselves yeah we do read them we just don't yes. read them on the podcast um review we reread them and we get happy inside um and they help us a lot you know we yeah we promise we won't be late next month um in fact actually should we talk about what we're probably going to do our episode next month yeah go for it so obviously everyone knows we've been having the whole uh what's it called e3 yes cancelled so we've been doing the whole like everyone's been in the summer games and doing all the showcases and stuff um, and we've been enjoying watching them and we decided it'd be cool to do a top five um like favorite games or whatever from from the showcase and summer whatever yeah all the trailers and all the stuff that we're looking forward to the yeah. only we're just waiting for that one the last one to to happen which is the annapurna one and then annapurna yes so there may be more as well that we don't know about that we need to keep an eye on but yeah we'll just be talking about our favorite things from the whole yeah, think fun. about the game when we do our one at the start of the year. That's always like games we're excited for this year. This is yeah. games we're excited for in the middle of the year. Yeah, as you can see, it's still a work in progress. We haven't decided the actual title, but um, we'll think about we, it and let you know. Yeah, but we have to wait for for June to be over. So mm-hmm. look forward to that in July sometime. Yes, but until then, enjoy your lives. Have a good time. Don't try hard about anything. No, there's no point. Bye. Bye.